Which day two running back makes the most sense for the Dallas Cowboys? All that more in this episode of the Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your Locked daily Dallas Cowboys on. podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Locked Network, your on. team every day. Locked, 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 Locked On. Locked on Cowboys. Welcome back to the Lockdown Cowboys podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. We'd like to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I am your host, Marcus Mosher. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosher. Joining me today, as always, is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, today we are talking about my favorite position in the world. <laughs> Running backs. How you doing, that, sir? Uh, good. I, I mean, I just want to let you just have the floor, so you can just you know expound endlessly about your love for the position, about the value of the sure. position, uh, the, the unique players that you find uh, everywhere that are irreplaceable to their teams. Sure. Uh, yeah, I, I know this is this is a position that you love, but but having said that, this is a very different year of the draft. Mm-hmm. You, you've already mentioned about trading up for running backs, so mm-hmm. maybe the, the glacial ice is melting a little bit here. I mean, not really, but I do. <laughs> day two, I mean, I've been saying this forever, day two is where you get your running backs, right? That's the typically yeah. the best value, and go look at a lot of the best running backs in the league. They've been drafted on day two, whether that's Nick Chubb, Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, uh, Alvin Kamara. I mean, there's, there's just so much value. Dalvin Cook, on day two. So let's talk about a couple names uh, that would make sense for the Cowboys. And let's start with Jamar Gibbs, who many people view as the number two running back in this class uh, from Alabama. What did you see when you turned on the tape? Yeah, I mean, this guy is a fun watch, to say the least, right? Uh, he's a little bit undersized. He's below average height, uh, undersized. He's under 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's definitely built more like a change of pace back and, yes. and uh, uh, more like that than, than a guy that you necessarily are going to be making the feature back in your offense. Um, but he is electric with the ball. Uh, he's got... Uh, that he's a joystick guy, you know, he's just one of those guys who you mm-hmm. can like, he plays like a video game. He's shifty. He's fast. He's creative. He destroys uh, angles with, with speed, with creativity. Um, he has very precise and very fast feet. Uh, he mm-hmm. makes quick decisions. Uh, he, and has the, the feet to back up those decisions. He tiptoes through trash, like a ballerina on speed. It's crazy to watch him like getting through like all the trash on the ground. And he's just like mm-hmm. zipping through it very quickly without it with, you know, like I said, very precise feet. He's not touching anybody. He's not getting tripped up. Um, <clears throat> he presses the whole well in zone runs and uses his speed to threaten, uh, enforce, uh, overruns from the second level defenders. Uh, everybody down the field knows he's fast and, and he uses that to his advantage um, and, and he and he presses holes and he forces linebackers to make mistakes. Uh, and then once they do, he makes cutbacks and he, he, he turns them into big plays. He, he's a top-end receiving threat. Uh, yes. Probably yes. more valuable as a receiver than he is as a runner. Uh, he can run routes from the backfield and the slot out wide. In a world of, <clears throat> of two deep coverages that we're starting to see now, more of the shell coverage, he will be an absolute weapon as a dump-off option, mm-hmm. uh, a, a true game tilter in this sense. I think that this is kind of where you're going to start seeing uh, offenses start to take advantage of these shell defenses that they're seeing is they'll get elite-type players like this guy and, and have him coming out of the backfield, and then you're suddenly having to 
put a linebacker and nickelbacker on this guy, and he gets he catches a two yard pass and turns it into a twenty five yard pass. I mean that's that's kind of a lot of what you, you're you should expect to see from this guy in the future in the NFL. Um, he's unnaturally talented as a receiver. He he cleanly catches the football and transits, transitions uh, to a ball carrier very quickly. He has uh, the instincts uh, to find open space on scramble. Just that was one of the things that I was really impressed by is you see Bryce Young break the pocket, uh, try to get open, especially in the red zone or something like that. And and, and if he is if uh, gives out in route, he has like the kind of natural instincts to just find open spots and zones and, and sit in them or get mm-hmm. clear. He understands how to run the scramble drill, which is kind of unique for a running back who's running routes. Yep. Um, he, uh, I'm sorry, I lost my spot for a second. Uh, has the he has the feet to avoid contact behind the line of scrimmage uh, at an exceptional rate. But if he doesn't do it, he usually goes down, and that gets into the one issue I have with this game. Power is practically absent from his game yeah. as a runner. Um, and I think that's the difference between like him and like Tony Pollard. I think. Yep. Pollard has a little bit more yeah. power. Not a lot. It's not like he's moving piles, but he has power. Gibbs doesn't. But that doesn't mean he can't be a super successful running back, right? Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And, and like I said, like he he's developed a way to work around it with his feet and his quickness. Yeah, he's he's like I said, it's practically absence from his game. If he runs into a defensive lineman, he's going to get swallowed up. He's yep. not likely to uh, a guy who's going to be breaking a bunch of arm tackles. I, I wish he would break more arm tackles in the hole. That's the only area of this game where it wish I wish. He needs to, I think he needs to improve. He needs to add some weight to his lower body. Which I think he can do, by the way. We've seen running backs come into the NFL and not be the most powerful. And as they, he's pretty young. Like as he gets to be 22, 23 years old, I wouldn't be surprised if we see him add a little bit more power to his game. Uh, not likely a guy you're going to be seeing uh, in pass protecting a lot in the NFL. and, And that is because you want him in route running, but also, you know, you, you, it's kind of a double, not a double-edged sword, but it's, it's, you're definitely just not going to want to put this guy in pass protection because he's so good as a route runner and because he's so bad as a pass protector that yeah. it's, yeah. it's just, that's what you're going to want to do. So that's just kind of comes with the meal. You just need to be aware of that. He doesn't have very much experience there and he's kind of undersized and he doesn't necessarily have the willingness or power to kind of yeah. hold up there. So at, throw him out in the route. Don't, don't put him uh, as a pass protector. Like I said, he needs to add good weight to his lower body, develop more pop into his game, just because I think you have to have that element to your game. He is so good as a – I mean, I, I where does he win? I put him God-tier receiving back. You know, yeah. like he's so good as a receiving back that you almost have to have the conversation of – what is the value of a change of pace running back? Because because I don't feel like you're going to end up drafting him in the second round and maybe even the first round, right? Probably. Like, and he's not going to be someone that you're going to want to give like all the share of of carries in an NFL season. He's just he's not that kind of running back necessarily. I, I think it, you want him to like probably twelve ish carries a game. Yeah. So so there's a value question there that I think is larger than just his, you know, evaluation about exactly how you want to evaluate these types of players. But for this type of player that you don't necessarily want to make your, I don't want to say feature back because you definitely want to feature him, but you don't want to like give him the majority of the carries or the touches that you would a running back in a regular NFL game. He's about as good as you're ever going to see. 
Um, and my unanswered question is, can he function as a team's feature back who received the majority of his touches? I think he, if he puts on like 10 to 15 pounds in the lower body, I think you feel better about it. Uh, but I would still feel like I would want to pair him with, yes. you know, a, a mid-round, maybe less dynamic, but more balanced running back. To more kind of a of, thumper. Yeah, just to take, just to take on some of the many required touches that, mm-hmm. that you have in an NFL season. So my thing is, I don't mind that at all. I, I kind of like no. the approach, uh, you know, a running back by committee approach because you can get guys with special skill sets. And I think Gibbs has it. I think he's got like game changing speed. And he's somebody that you have to be terrified on third and six. If they dump the ball out to them, he's yeah. going to get 14 yards without even yeah. having to do much about. And that has a lot of value. And I, I struggle to find a comp. Like if you want a, like a low-end comp. I think like Lamar Miller, who was drafted by the Dolphins, I don't know, okay. seven or eight years ago. I think he could be that. But like what I could see him being, and this is, I mean, I know this was relatively short-lived, but job at best, who the Lions drafted, mm. you know, didn't work yeah. out because of concussions, but somebody who is such a dynamic So good at that weapon. spot. Yeah. Yeah, and you run the Texas routes or just the mm-hmm. sideline stuff where you're just throwing the ball to him in the flats. He is so dynamic. I do think on this Cowboys offense, they could always use a little bit more speed. I think he's a fantastic fit. I really do. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's a borderline, a gadget player in your, in your usage of him. But, but you know, the conversation that unfortunately we're going to have to have just around this guy again, which is not about his valuation is, you know, how valuable is that running back spot? And, and I would argue it's incredibly valuable, valuable because it's, he has the most valuable aspects of a running back's game, like to a T. He doesn't have the other ancillary spots, the things that are kind of easier to find in a running back, you know, later in the draft. He He's not going to be a pass protector. Mm-hmm. He's not going to be a, a goal line running back. Yep. You, you, you don't necessarily want him on third and one to be the guy you're giving the ball. Nope. Um, but everything else that he does exceptionally well is the most valuable stuff that a running back can do. Yep. So uh, the, the question becomes like, where do you draft him? How, where do you feel comfortable drafting him knowing that you're going to have to pair him with another running back who is going to have to get maybe more touches than he does uh, just through the course of the NFL season, just because you're paying for the electricity that yep. he produces, the touches that he does have. Second round. That's where I feel yeah. comfortable drafting that guy. Uh, let's I talk agree. about another guy that actually I think would be a really good fit with Jamar Gibbs next. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The tournament is heating up, and there's no better place to get in on the action than FanDuel, America's number one sports book. That's because right now FanDuel is giving new customers a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That is up to $1,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and sign up today to claim your no-sweat first bet. Then you can wager on everything and anything from money lines to point spreads to which team will be cutting down the net, all in an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. So don't miss your shot at a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 when you join FanDuel today. Just go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to sign up. Make every moment more with FanDuel. All right, Landon, let's talk about UCLA running back Zach Charbonnet, who uh, you and I both had some fun watching him. What did you think of his tape? Man, I really like this kid. Uh, I, I'm a fan. Uh, I, you know, I, I think that he's uh, 
not the uh, quite the dynamic player that you see uh, from Gibbs, but but I really had a good time watching this tape. Um, uh, he's six foot, two hundred fourteen pounds. He's got thirty two inch arms, four five three forty guy, which was a good time for him. I really like that, especially with the compared with the combined with a one five four uh, ten yard split. Yep. I think that that shows you the kind of athlete you're dealing with. I mean, those numbers. He's two almost two hundred fifty pounds, running a four five and a one five four. He has some explosion to him, and you see that too. He has a thirty seven inch vertical, a ten a ten foot plus broad. Um, you know, he has some athleticism to his game. It's not surprising that he transferred from Michigan where, you know, they have absolutely uh, ridiculous uh, weight room. Um, so he clearly uh, took advantage of that while he was there. Uh, you know, prototype size and, and with solid muscle definition in the upper and lower bodies. I mean, he looks the part. You know, he's got a kind of thin waist uh, uh, and, and, and it's just balloons out into muscle up and upper and lower body, which mm-hmm. is exactly what you want. You know, people forget running backs are often the best athletes on these teams. You know, they're just they have to be physically in, in, in incredible shape. And, and that's what you are often looking for with these guys that have to carry the ball a ton. I mean, he did that and he has that powerful lower body. He's a tackle breaker. Um, he's an upright running uh, style guy, you know, th- which you don't see a ton of uh, as much anymore. Um, he-, he uses his short area quickness uh, and plus balance uh, all combined with his lower power, uh, lower body power to make him very hard to tackle by one defender. That was the thing I think that I was the most surprised kind of diving deeper into his game was what, how creative he was and how uh, uh, elusive he was for a 215-pound back, you know? He made subtle movements, uh, subtle moves at a, a moment before contact that disrupt the tackler's process. This particular trait reminds me of a very specific running back that I'll talk about at the end of the report. Uh, but <laughs> All right, come on. You can't just leave us there. Come on, who is it? I mean, he looks like Emmett Smith. Like, he looks like Emmett Smith in the way that – Emmett used to break through and he was never very fast or exceptionally quick, but he was so good about understanding how a tackler was attacking him and then just making kind of subtle shifts to throw off the angle, to throw off the, uh, you know, the, the, the direct hit. And that's why you don't see, you didn't never see Emmett take a ton of kind of direct hits, despite yep. being an upright body style runner. And this is what this guy is. He yep. runs upright. You think that he's going to take a bunch of hits, but as guys get a- approach him, he is, it's, it's, it's all these things. It's the balance. It's the power. I mean, how many times did you watch him do the hand slap thing? I mean, it looked like Emmett. It looked like him, like Emmett drifting away and then knocking hands away. Um, so I'm not saying he is Emmett Smith, but it, it's a trait that you, you don't see, uh, uh, kind of t- you know taught or learned anymore, and, and he's. I thought he was really good at that. So um, uh, yeah. I got a couple. <laughs> I went today and compiled all of the, the, that, yeah. the comps for Zach Charbonnet that I could from well-respected media members and, and sites. I've got AJ Dillon, Demarco Murray, Elijah Mitchell, Najee Harris, Chris Ivory, Michael Turner, James Connor, Joe Mixon. You added in Emmett Smith. I, I see. Uh, he, now he's not this receiver. I'm just. I'm just saying this right now. But I see a similar running style to like Le'Veon Bell when he was in yeah. Pittsburgh, just kind of that upright, patient, uh, going to yeah. bounce between gaps. He's a he's a really unique player, and uh, if you get a chance to watch the Colorado game, that, that oh game is just a lot of just big runs galore in that game. 
I think I, I, I tweeted to you. It's fun. That was a very funny circumstance event. I had put my phone away. I was watching. I was watching uh, tape. I had the Colorado game came I'm on. I think I watched about four carries of his, and then I went straight into uh, the the DMs on Twitter, and I started talking to a couple people. That uh, Marcus was in this group, and I was like, I was like, Have you guys seen this Colorado tape yet? Like he is going nuts. I think he had nine carries for a hundred plus yards. And then Marcus said, check your DMs. And Marcus had already DM'd me early in the evening about the Colorado game. So, yeah, you're, we're definitely on the same page there. I mean, just to kind of quickly finish up, he has phone booth quicks, short yeah. area explosion to his game. <clears throat> Here's an, an element that I think doesn't get talked about enough. He has incredibly strong hands. Oh, uh, he's yeah. a confident catcher and ball carrier. He only has five drops on 90 career targets and only two fumbles in 500-plus carries at UCLA and Michigan. Uses his offhand as a weapon against tacklers reaching arm. We talked about that. Plug-and-play NFL starter skill set. It has the experience and balance in his game to be plugged in from day day one uh, and handle the variety of assignments required from an NFL back. And I'm talking strictly in the like skill area. Like He knows how to pass protect. He knows how to run the, uh, the, the plays correctly. He knows how to, to receive the football. He he just has a, a kind of skill set where he's done a, he's done it all. So he knows yep. he knows at least how to do all of that. Um, he's got plus plus balance. Will spin and twist to get free patience behind the line of scrimmage, waiting for the hole to develop. Uh, where does he win? Balanced, skilled running back with plus tackling uh, plus plus tackle breaking skills. And the unanswered question I have here is. He's had I think five hundred and fifty plus touches already in his on his body. Um, how much tre- tread is how much tread is was worn already? Is this guy a, a one contract running back? I mean, are all running back? Uh, I was going to say that, right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. they're all probably. So this is somebody that you draft. I would assume for Dallas probably in round two because I just don't see him getting to you mm-hmm. in round three. And he's the the thunder to a Tony Pollard's lightning or whoever down the road. But I really like him. Like, I, I like him a lot, and I could see how in Dallas where. You just you don't want Tony Pollard to get all the between the tackle stuff. You want to save him on short yardage. You want to save him in the goal line. I think Charbonnet can walk right in and get two hundred and twenty carries without being you know without being too unrealistic. Look, we're a Cowboys podcast, so we're going to talk about how he relates to the Cowboys, and I think all those things are true. I think he's more than that too. I, I think I, I think if you if your team needed a sole producer as a running back for at least a couple years. I think if you had a good offensive line, this is a guy you could you could plug in as your starting running back, uh, and and you could do worse. Honestly, I, I wouldn't be shocked to see this guy lead the NFL in rushing at some point. Not because he's the most talented, but because he's a guy who I feel like you can give a bunch of carries because he can stay on the field a lot, and he does have plus tackling, plus tackle breaking ability. Like he he does have uh, some wiggle to his game, some breakaway ability. So. Uh, yeah, I think that what you just prescribed for him for the Cowboys makes a ton of sense. But I also think if he if needed, he could be the guy for a team that is not necessarily rotating guys. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had a Josh Jacobs-like career who led the NFL in rushing this year yeah. without – Jacobs had four six six speed. He is so much faster than that, but similar running style, similar yeah. you know ability where you can leave him in all three downs and he's just going to be productive. What I like about him so much is – at Michigan, as a freshman, scored 11 touchdowns. 2021 at UCLA, scored 13 touchdowns. 2022, scored 14 touchdowns. Like, all he does is produce wherever he goes. 
And I got a feeling in the NFL, he's going to be a big time producer. So we, we like him a lot for the Dallas Cowboys. Let's talk about one more option, maybe a little bit later in the draft next. All right, Landon, wrapping up our running backs here. Let's talk about Kendra Miller uh, from TCU. Somebody that we talked about on our last podcast, but I think most people are viewing him as a, you know, late day two, early day three pick. How do you see him fitting into the NFL? Yeah, it's funny when you mentioned a guy who could be, when you were doing the intro for Charbonnet, I thought it was for talking about Kendrick Miller, because I, I really think that he is kind of the guy that you look at and say, okay, if the Cowboys get out of the first two rounds without taking a running back, and they're still looking for that guy to perfectly pair with Paul uh, Pollard, I think that Miller is like maybe the best option because I think their skill sets fit each other. Now he doesn't have the balance uh, that we've, we just talked about with, uh, with uh, Charbonnet and balance in his game. I mean, uh, and that's why he's going to be a little bit later, later guy, but I still like him a lot. He's 5'11", 215. So he's a little bit uh, kind of more compact guy. By the way, uh, that's not, that's the style that I like though. Like that's actually yeah. to me in the NFL, the perfect body type right now. Yeah, I agree. Uh, and, and, and I, and I think that, that Charbonnet is right there to me, six foot two fourteen. So that kind of, Five eleven to six foot one, like two twelve to two eighteen. I think that's the body style to have, and, and you still see a couple different variations of that body style even within that very kind of limited uh, height and weight. But uh, good marriage of his feet and his eyes. Uh, mm-hmm. he, I, I really like the way he sees holes development developing. He, he adjusts his foot pattern to allow uh, to burst through the hole when it opens up. He's patient. Um, and I think that's all very important. Oh, yeah, I did want to point out, we didn't get really any testing numbers for him. I think he's still recovering from an injury, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So uh, we don't have any any kind of explosion or testing numbers for him at this point. Um, he's got great balance. Uh, he will bounce and spin and keep his feet alive. And Charbonnet and him are kind of similar in this, where you see them uh, uh, taking multiple tacklers on and then kind of still managing to try to fight through, twisting and try to get around. Um, he has impressive peripheral vision, tracks all the pieces on the chessboard well uh, and where they're moving. Uh, he sees the cutback lanes early. You, you see him make cuts that he shouldn't be able to see, you know, like, and, and, and that shows real good peripheral visions, you know, where, vision where he's not necessarily looking at the guy that he's setting up. And then suddenly you see him and he's cutting through the backside shoulder, inside shoulder of him. Um, another guy who works through trash around his feet well doesn't get tripped up by obstacles. I, I would love to see him burst through the hole a little bit. I, I talked about his patience behind the line of scrimmage, but there's times when it's almost he's almost too patient. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that kind of same explosion that Gibbs and, and Charbonnet have, so uh, he can get stuck behind the line of scrimmage waiting for a hole to develop and then not be able to get through the hole in time. Um, he re- has reliable hands. He can catch the ball away from his frame. Uh, he's used on a lot of screens and wheels, but I would say he still has a ways to go to develop as a receiver. He's, he's not, he's not necessarily super developed here. I mean, it's not that I wouldn't have probably, I wouldn't have a problem throwing him the ball or anything, but he's, it's just not a part of this game that got leveraged a ton at TCU uh, mm-hmm. as far as I'm concerned, especially in the modern day, in, you know, kind of NFL game. Um uh, uses start stop quickness. That's one thing he does really well. He does start stop really well to destroy tacklers' momentum. He can destroy angles that way. Uh, willing run blocker when asked uh, on running on wide receiver reverses. He's he's got some uh, uh, dog in him, as they mm-hmm. say, and I think he he will be a good special teamer if they if they ask him to do that. 
Uh, again, another upright running guy, which was, was interesting. Yep. But he, yep. he he will lower his shoulder to, to power through creases so he's not uh, kind of stuck in that way. Good at the second level at earning extra yards. He's hard to tackle in the open. Um, where does he win? I, I just I put uh, he's a balanced, well-rounded runner. He's he doesn't have very much dynamism to his game. I think no. the difference no. between him and Charbonnet is Charbonnet has a lot more explosion to his game, and I think some more creativity than than uh, Miller does. But I think Miller just does a great job of taking what's given. He can he can handle all the assignments. He can handle the short yardage stuff if you want him to. Um, the unanswered question I have for him is in the general with in the past game, I think again, why I think that he's a good kind of mix with Pollard is I think Pollard has a lot more experience in the past game than he, than this guy does, not just in, as a receiver, but my big question was, I didn't see a ton of pass protection reps from him. Uh, no. So I don't really know where he is as a, as a pass protector uh, and, and how will he develop in this area? That's kind of an unknown. So uh, I, I think you pair this guy. I think this is a guy that that we just mentioned is very much uh, a, a pair, a pair in in in, a, in the NFL running back with someone like Pollard who can kind of handle more of the kind of explosive run pass game stuff, yep. and let this guy be the guy that you kind of throw to the wolves on first down or whatever whenever you need short yardage stuff, goal line yep. stuff. That's where you that's where this guy will thrive. To me, he reminds me a little bit. It's not a perfect comp. Is the Jamal Williams who the Lions had last year? Okay, scored a bunch yeah. of touchdowns, but just like good inside runner, not overly dynamic as an athlete. But you do want to pair him with somebody that has a little bit more juice and a little bit more playmaking ability, and that's obviously Tony Pollard. So, if the Cowboys don't want to spend one of their top, probably three picks, I think Kendrick Miller, like in the fourth, fifth round, I think he can give you some. I think at the very worst, replaceable running back play and maybe a little bit more. So I think he's a good value on day three. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I think all three of these guys are guys that I would be happy with the Cowboys taking yep. for different reasons, right? I mean, I yep. think yep. Gibbs is – I think the Gibbs pick will be uh, would be interesting. I mean, just because I think that pairing with Pollard would be – well. I mean, it would only be for a year. Let's. I mean, let's yeah. be honest, right? No, like, no, for sure. If you, if you draft Gibbs or you trade up to go get Gibbs, he's your new Pollard. He's your new sure. Pollard, and you're just going to have a year where they overlap. Which hey, so sign me if, up. If that's the case, then you you likely are going to inject a third running back into that mix a little which bit, which might just imagine. be Malik Davis, right? Like yep. maybe Malik Davis is yep. getting the the goal line touches now. Yep. And then with Kendra Miller, I, I think it's a very straightforward uh, uh, insertion into the lineup. He yep. comes in. He becomes the the other guy. Uh, he may end up getting. He would may end up getting more touches than Pollard does, but that doesn't mean that that you know uh, he is that he's more the featured back than Pollard would be because I, I think it's a long season. So you the key moments, the times you need a big play, that's when Pollard's going to be on the field. Uh, and then Charbonnet, I think, can do all of that. You know, if you yeah. want him to be the 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 the, the changeup guy, if you want him to be the full-time guy, he can do all that as well. So, uh, I think that's kind of where you slot these guys as far as role in this team. All right, I'm going to give you uh, a draft pick in the name and you tell me of these three which one would you rather have? So, okay. Jamar Gibbs at pick 40, mm-hmm. uh Zach Charbonnet at pick 58, which is the Cowboys second round pick, or Kendra Miller top of the fourth round. I, that's really tough. I, I think I would probably say 
I think that man, that's a really good uh, question, Marcus. Really, the the valuation there is perfect. It's because um, it's basically: Do you want to give up yeah. the second and a third to go get Gibbs? Do you want to yeah. just hang at fifty eight and draft Charbonnet, which I very much would like, or do you want to just wait until the fourth round and take Miller? Those are, I mean, that the, the the thing is, and I don't want to cop out here. Those are all really great options. If if, if either one, any of those three options were were available, I think you would be thrilled. I agree. Uh, I will say I think that if you take Charbonnet at 58, that you get what you need for this year. You get what you need for for the future. Um, and then I think you can go find your – whether you want to bring back Pollard and maybe see if you can sh- convince him to sh- sign a, uh, a short-term deal uh, and then just kind of give Charbonnet uh, some of the lion's share of the carries and then kind of – uh, just sub Zeke for Charbonnet, maybe give Pollard a, a high, a little bit higher percentage of, of the overall pie. I think that would be a very a, a good situation. And you also yeah. get a, you keep your first round pick uh, and, and, and you still manage to kind of, I guess in the, in the Gibbs scenario, you're talking about trading up in the yeah, second, but yeah, trading but, up. But yep. you, you so I guess you keep your third round pick if you want to go that route. Yep. Um, and, and, and you get a situation where the running back room is is stable next year as well. Yeah. I mean, you're not you're not done there, but at least you've got a stable force that can be that can take the the vast majority of the, of the carries for you. Yeah, I, I would be very happy if the pick was Charbonnet at 58, just because that's I mean he's a really good player, but I want game breakers. If I can get Gibbs yeah, without having sure. to use a first round pick, sign me up. So a uh, lot of lot of interesting running backs in this class. I've got a feeling Dallas is going to draft one relatively high this year. Uh, would not be shocked at all if it's one of these three players. That is it for today's show. Thank you for making Locked On Cowboys your first listen every day. Now make your second listen to Locked On NFL Scouting Show with the Draft Dudes. From free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more, join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Every Monday through Friday, find Locked On NFL Scouting with the Draft Dudes wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Uh, Go check us out on YouTube. We post shows every single day over there. Go follow Landon on Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. We'll see you guys next time.